0: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are looking at the first round rankings, the best players in fantasy basketball for nine cat Roto Leagues. Let's go! Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant, to Jack. A game, Not a game, not a game, we talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life, G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys MBA, and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. We are talking nine cat roto leagues today, guys, and talking about the best players in fantasy basketball in that format. We've already done the head to head category, uh, league rankings. We've also done our points league rankings. So, um, I might leave a link up in the corner there for you guys to check those ones out and please go and do so. Leave a like. Let me know your thoughts. But today we're talking about the nine category roto leagues. Um, does change my opinions, again, with these different formats, just in terms of punch strategies and things like that. Um, we're talking about players who, obviously, we worried about all nine categories equally. We're not necessarily ignoring um, things like free throw percentage or turnovers or, or a combination of the two. So it definitely does change the rankings, and we are obviously not worrying about playoffs and all those sort of things that you need to do in a head-to-head version. So let's get stuck into it. You probably already know... Who's number one? It is Nikola Jokic. He is number one in nearly all of my formats, and I will be taking him number one in nine-category Roto Leagues as well. He is by far the best player in fantasy basketball when it comes to this kind of a format. Even though we've got Jamal Murray and we've got uh, Michael Porter Jr. returning, I don't think it affects him enough in this type of a format to dissuade me from taking him. He's been healthy. He might not necessarily be healthy this season, but we, again, can't predict that really. So he is definitely someone He's, he's going to get you awesome stats across the board. Might need to get some threes later, but sure, you can do that. Might need to get some blocks later. Um, maybe you need to address that a little bit earlier than the threes in this kind of a format. But again, to get nearly eight assists from your um, center position, awesome. To get a steal and a half from your center position, awesome. The points, the rebounds are great. The percentages are elite, So, yeah, just not really much more we can say from Nicole Juerkic. Take him number one and don't think twice. At number two, I have Joel Embiid at number two. I just feel, again, the battle for number two for me is close between two guys. Um, I'll mention the other guy in a second here, but I feel a little bit safer with Joel Embiid, as funny as that sounds. I think that the points that you're going to get from him um, are going to be superior from the guy I've got at three, the center eligibility is nice, especially if you're in a two-center league. Um, so I think that even with James Harden there, his stats went, um, you know, kept up basically the same as when he, you know, before he got there, the rebounds will be consistent. The blocks are nice. Um, both percentages, again, really, really solid. Um, yeah, just really, really good across the board. Um, the only really difference between him and Jokic is the assists, really, and maybe a slight change in field goal percentage. Um, so he's probably the one that I think can get closest to Jokic from from that point of view. But the, again, the risk of his injuries I think is kind of overblown. He's played in over 70% of games in the last four seasons last year. He played even more than that. I think it was like over 80% of the games, which is above league average. A lot of these guys in the first round will be resting games. So I'm not as worried as maybe some other guys are about Joel Embiid's riskiness. So I'm very happy to take him at number two in this format. At number three, the guy who I was tossing up, who you could take ahead of Embiid, um, in my opinion, is someone like a Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant is my guy at number three. He was the second overall player per game last year. Now, he missed some time. Um, injury is obviously a little bit higher, in my opinion, than Joel Embiid. He is starting to get a little bit older. He is, what is he now, turning 33 or 34. Um, So that goes in Embiid's favor again. But this guy is just a fantasy star across the board, really good. Maybe lacks a little bit in steals, but you can make that up throughout your draft. It's not a huge concern. I've said this before, though. I think that there's a little bit of downside with his minutes, Um, There's also a few other things with Ben Simmons coming into the mix, Um, even though I don't think it affects his scoring, obviously, but maybe it just takes away some of his assists and rebounds slightly. Um, And like last year, he was playing like 37, 38 minutes a night, especially down the stretch. I think that definitely drops away. Um, There's a slight risk that he's traded uh, during the season, which whilst I think it still will be Kevin Durant, might be enough just to make the difference between him and Joel Embiid. So that's why I've got him at three. I wouldn't let him fall past three for me. I think there's a pretty clear top three in a roto format. Um, On the the head-to-head format, I had uh, Giannis in that group as well, but obviously his free throw percentage drops him out of that tier for me in a roto league. So for me, pretty clear top three. And again, like I've said in a lot of other formats, if I have the choice for this format, I would be happy to go in the top three, If I can't get a top three pick, then I want to be in the bottom three. Picks nine, sorry, 10, 11, or 12, I think is where I would want to be. Just so I can get two guys there that I think can provide potential top 10 value. Um, I don't really love the middle of the draft this year in redraft leagues. So those are my thoughts there. At number four, this is where I'm going to shake things up a little bit for Roto Leagues. I'm going to go with Jason Tatum here at number four. I just think that the safety of what Tatum does, um, he was really good down the stretch last season. The second half of the year, he was a top seven player. He stepped it up with his field goal percentage. The points rose. There's also potential for his steals to come back up this year, which were down a little bit last year. Um, And he's just super safe and durable, reliable. I prefer him than some of the older, riskier guys ahead of him. And I think that... The fact that his stats are a bit more balanced, which you kind of deduct points for in a head-to-head league, in a roto league, that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. Percentages are nice. Threes, points, rebounds are decent. Assist from your powerful eligible player is really good. You're going to have to get some defensive stats later, but fine, you can do that. That's all good. I just think that at number four, I'm just trying to make sure I don't, ruin my my uh, my league. I, I'm trying to make sure I don't ruin my season. Um, I don't think he has the upside to get into that top three, but I just feel the safest picking him at number four. Um, and, you know, if he plays 75-plus games, he's going to give me really good value in a roto league, and I have more faith in him doing that compared to some of these other guys uh, behind him. So for me, Jason Tatum... I, I promise, guys. I'm trying to take out the Celtics bias. Um, I, I do think that he is a much he's a better roto guy than he is a head to head league, and that reflects it in the rankings that I've got here. When you compare that to the other ones that I did for those head to head rankings on that podcast, at number five, I've got James Harden here. You could say that maybe he's a little bit higher than, you know, especially with his turnovers included in a, in a nine-category format. I just think that there's scope for his assists to stay where they where they are. They were really high um, when he got traded still. I think the points could rise up a little bit. He might have been deferring a little bit. The field goal percentage was really, really bad once he got to Philly, and I think that will rise up again as well. Um, and I just think that there's a, a a little bit of a case for James Harden to have a little bit of a bounce back year. He was still 12th last year per game, so I think at five, I just think that he has got a little bit of room to grow the field goal percentage is easier to to handle than some of than like a free throw percentage for example because there are more players in the draft that you can get later that will positively affect that category and the value of his huge free throw percentage boost. And his assist boost is just really, really, really hard to find. And when we talk about statistical scarcity and all those kind of fun things that we will discuss on a different podcast, James Harden ticks a lot of those boxes. um, And I'm okay dealing with his negatives um, later on in the draft. Uh, So I think that that's why he's here at five for me. A little bit more of a concern compared to him and Tatum. Again, he's a bit older. So he might, you know, the injury risk. I I could see someone willing to take him you know a bit later not willing to go this high on, on James Harden but for me I would take him at pick 5 personally at pick number 6 this is where I'm going to have Steph Curry so I'm going to have Steph Curry here he again similar to like a Tatum rises a little bit in a um, roto format The thing that I've always never liked about Steph Curry, his best category is his threes. And that's the easiest category for us to get later on the waiver wire. However, in a roto format, there's less churning through your bench spots. So those end... Last kind of streaming value, guys, is less important in this kind of a format. So, for that reason, I think that the threes that Steph provides is a little bit more valuable in this format. Just a little bit. So, again, I think his field goal percentage is going to jump back up this year. He had a really down shooting year last year. Don't expect that to be the case again this season. He is older, um... I'm not worried about a championship hangover or anything like that. But again, just with those older guys, there always is the risk that they rest a little bit throughout the season. Um, you know, he, he maybe he starts to decline a little bit. Although I, it is still Steph. I think he's going to be okay. Um, you know, Jordan Poole's there. Clay Thompson's there for the whole year. So. I don't, I don't love it. I don't feel great about it. But again, this is why I don't like the middle of the first round. But I do still think that Steph is going to be here. Um, and a really nice solid guy in Roto. Um, you're going to have to get the blocks later and maybe some more defensive stats. But again, the value of his points, threes, percentages, uh, assists are going to be really, really nice here in this spot. So that is Steph Curry at number 6. At number 7, this is probably where I would pull the trigger on Giannis and Tanatokounmpo. Now... It is tough in a roto league um, to come back from this kind of a deficit. It is really hard to get big free throw percentage changes. um, And I think this is where I'd pull the trigger on Giannis. Now, what I would be definitely hunting if I grab Giannis, and I'm uh, going to do a pairings video on this later, but I definitely am looking for guys like a Devin Booker, someone that can try and claw back as much of that free throw percentage as I possibly can. We have seen his free throw percentage start to improve slightly, especially it was there in the playoffs, and it wouldn't shock me if he comes out and shoots 75% from the line this season, which would dramatically change his value. I'm not necessarily ready to project that, but he's just so rock solid and safe to me in a lot of other categories, uh, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, field goal percentage. He still even hits a three per game that... This is where I'd be starting to be okay to flip over and and take him, even though the free throw percentage is um, a big negative on his value and hard to come back from. This is probably where I'd be happy to take him and uh, just hope that it improves and hope that I can get enough good free throw shooters with my next few picks that I can at least be middle of the pack in that category or or not at the very bottom and be well ahead in a lot of other areas uh, compared to the other guys around me. So he he also feels pretty safe. I don't worry too much about his injuries. So he should be available for, you know, above average amount of games, I would expect this season. Again, we don't 100% know, but compared to some of the other guys, um, injury risk and, and risky players, I feel fine taking Giannis at number seven. At number eight... This is where I've got a uh, younger guy, Lamelo Ball. One spot higher in my Roto rankings compared to uh, head-to-head rankings. I just think that with a player like Lamello Ball, the assists, again, similar kind of story with James Harden, but maybe slightly less boom on the free throw percentage, but maybe a little bit safer than a James Harden just because of his age. He might play more games. Um, so Lamello Ball, very comfortably a top 10 guy for me in Roto formats. I think he should be easily a top 10 guy per game, maybe higher than that in, in a totals sense of the word. Uh, I think that there is real scope for him to completely break out, and even in a per-game basis, without Miles Bridges there, his usage could take a big spike, and we could see him maybe averages closer to 25 points per night. We don't know. Um, that that definitely isn't out of the realm of possibility But I think the assists, rebounds, steals, free throw percentage, which went up a lot last year, is a big game changer. I have my doubts whether it sticks up that high. We'll see. Um, Hopefully the turnovers, he can get those under control as well. Um, But I think that, obviously, he's still super young, 21 years old, going into his third season. I expect natural progression to to take him a step further again. Um, So for me, that's where I've got him at pick number eight. Pick number nine. This is, again, one of the hot names on a lot of people's lips. Tyrese Halliburton is my guy here at number nine. He was, I think he was a top 10 or a top 12 guy on totals last year. Played a lot of games. Um, it's hard to project that happening again. Um, the paces have also been publicly saying they don't like tanking, so I'm not too worried about them shutting him down, down the stretch of the season. But he should take another step forward. I don't know if I see per-game value quite as high as some other guys do, but he is here in my top 10 based on his totals value, the value of his assists. Maybe he can get to 20 and 10, although I doubt it. I think I have him more of as like an 18 and 9, 18, 9 and a half kind of a guy in terms of his points and assists. The steals are valuable. He's very efficient when it comes to field goal percentage for a guy that is shooting as many threes as he can. Um, and as a point guard, so that's nice. The assist-to-turnover ratio is really, really positive, so you're going to get big assists um, without absolutely destroying your turnovers like someone like a James Harden. But, um, yeah, I just think... Just be careful of not getting too excited. I've seen a lot of guys reaching up to sort of pick six, pick seven, pick five in some cases, and I just think that that's getting a bit carried away because we haven't seen him do it yet. Um, So for me... He's at number 9, which is higher to me in rotos than it is in head-to-head league. I just do think that his value, the knock, the fact that he's not going to score as many points, I'm not as concerned about in this type of a format because, again, it's just one of the categories I can balance that out with all the other stuff that he does. Um, The efficiency and the low turnovers carries a bit more weight in this type of a format than it does in a head-to-head league, so this is where he sits at number 9 for me. At number 10, I've got Carl Anthony Towns little bit concerned about how Gobert affects him, but he's been a first-round guy literally every single year of his career. Um, He might not get here per game, but I think in totals he he can. He's someone I feel quite comfortable with his durability. I think the Wolves are are going all in this year, so they're going to be getting him out there as as much as he possibly can. Um, The centre eligibility, I think, boosts him up a little bit ahead of maybe the two guys behind him, um, just because I think especially to get a good center with good free throw percentage and a center that can give you some assists and threes, I think is really valuable and he's still going to get your rebounds. I do think that there is a lot of scope for them to be splitting the minutes between Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert. Uh, I'm not as worried about Gobert stealing blocks. Maybe he will a little bit. I don't think it's going to completely dry up though. Um, If you look at their depth chart, they don't really have much depth behind them at centre. I don't know how much they're going to want to run out Nas Reid out there as your backup centre. So I do think that you're going to see a lot of minutes with just Towns out there and then just Gobert out there and then a little bit of time when they both come in and play on the court together at the start of games and to finish games as well. But I do think that you'll see a lot of time with them guys. Um, uh, mirroring each other or ones on the bench ones on the floor so I i am not too concerned and I think that he's just always been that good the efficiency is amazing um, so I pick number 10 I'm happy to go Carl Anthony Towns expecting maybe him not to get here in per game but to feel quite comfortable that I'm gonna have him for you know 70 plus games for the season so um, that's where I've got cat. At number 11, I've got Dame Dollar. Damian Lillard is here at number 11 for me. I'm very comfortable taking him still in the first round. I think that last year, the drop-off we saw was 99% due to the injury. Um, he was a perennial top 10 guy before this. He Again, the, the value in his free throw percentage, which is very difficult to find later on, uh, pushes him up this high for me. Um, I wouldn't argue if you wanted to go a a couple other guys ahead of him. Um, It's a very close range, again, why I like the back end of the first round. But for me, Damian Lillard, his points, his assists, and his free throw percentage just boost him up a little bit ahead of some of the other guys when it comes to statistical scarcity. I'm not worried about him resting or um, being limited due to missing time with the injury last year. Uh, He says he's feeling fine, um, and and I think that the moves they made in the offseason back that up. That this team is trying to, they're trying to do good by Dame. He got that extension, so I feel really confident with Damian Lillard. I'm not too worried about his injury, so that's where I've got him here at number eleven. And then at number twelve, I have Trey Young. Now, Trey Young, again, I've said this before. I am a little bit worried about how he fits in. With someone like DeJounte Murray coming in. I know it's still going to be Trey Young's team, but especially in a roto format when we do care about his turnovers, we do care about the defensive stats, we don't have those high peaks and valleys. I could even talk myself into dropping Trey Young out of the first round entirely. Um, but I think just the the fact that i just feel confident with his points i feel confident with his assists and free throw percentage which i've been kind of harping on about in this podcast as hard categories to to sort of get later it's enough for him to squeak into the first round for me but the lack of blocks rebounds um, the field goal percentage was better last year but does that does it stay there this season or is that was that a one time thing I'm a little bit concerned. He's been durable so far, so that helps him and probably why he is in the first round here for me, but you could you could talk me into going someone else. So if I was to get him on the, um, the last pick, I would definitely want to go with a big upside guy uh, that could maybe beat this in a per-game rankings point of view um, with my second pick. So... That rounds out our top 12 in a Roto format. Let me know what you guys think below. Down below, let me know in the comments. Um, give this video a big thumbs up as well if you're enjoying. Just going to go through a couple of honorable mentions that we should talk about um, just to finish off the podcast today. My first honorable mention is a guy that I drafted in the Roto mock draft that I did recently, um, I can't remember who that was with. I think it was uh, it was part of Josh Lloyd's podcast. That's right. I was on doing it by myself. But I went with Kawhi Leonard, and I think that he is someone I'm very happy taking in the start of the second round. I'm not as worried about the Clippers' terrible playoff schedule that they've got this year as we are in head-to-head leagues. Um, in a Roto's game cap kind of format, we can adjust for his missed games a lot more. Easier than we can in a head-to-head league. It doesn't matter when he misses. It's just the fact that he is probably going to be limited um, to a ceiling of 67 games. Uh, maybe he gets to 60, 65 is probably where I would project him to be. Uh, but he's just an awesome nine-category player. He, he, he should be easily able to be a top eight guy per game. It's just the totals value that leaves him out of the first round for me. So Kawhi Leonard, I expect him to be the Kawhi Leonard of old. Um, as soon as I get to the second round, and I've got a nice safe guy, I'm very happy to take Kawhi um, in that early second round. And uh, cross my fingers that it's just the rest in the back-to-backs that he misses, um, which, yeah, would be, would, would be awesome value, I think, at this point. Another honorable mention I've got here is Kyrie Irving. Um, again, similar kind of story per game. Much better than this. Totals... Question mark. He he's healthy. He's not injured right now. He doesn't have a structured rest plan like Hawaii. But we just know with Kyrie, there's a lot of things that just pop up here and there. Um, the tumultuousness of Brooklyn doesn't help the situation. But again, he should comfortably beat this ranking. And um, it's just again the totals that hold him back. But the fact that he's not injured at the moment, we could see him like he he could come out and play seventy games. He could. Um, there's nothing stopping him except for Kyrie. Uh, so we'll see. I think I'm very happy to pull the trigger here and just cross my fingers, go with a bit more durable guys later in the draft and, um, and then see how we go from there. And then uh, the last guy I wanted to give an honorable mention was uh, Luka. Now, Luka is someone that maybe you've seen in a lot of other my top uh, 12 ranking players. He falls outside the first round for me just because the percentages, the turnovers, just drop him out in this kind of a format. We can't punt them. Um, they could change. Yes, 100%. He could definitely end up here. But I'm just not willing to bet on it. I think that it would be irresponsible to project a uh, big improvement in all of those areas enough to get him up to this point. I think he's a fine second-round guy. He does... Feel really safe in terms of games played and availability. So, as soon as it gets to the second, sort of early to mid second round, I'm happy to take a look at Luca, especially if I do need some of those big points. Like he would pair really nicely with, like, a Tyrese Halliburton or, um, you know, someone like that, I think would be a really nice way to start your draft. You, you're really strong in assists. Your percentages aren't horrible. Um, you're getting. The, the good assist turnover ratio over Tyrese Halliburton. I think that would be a nice way to go. Um, it, maybe he doesn't get that far in a normal draft. I know there's a there's a lot of hype attached to his name and he gets a lot of uh, boost from his other rankings in points leagues and head-to-head categories, which, which boosts him up a little bit higher than this. So he might not get back to you in the second round, but that's fine. I think that just provides more value for you when there are other guys, I think, that are better on the board. So... Let me know again what you guys think, if you would do anything different and how your rankings would be. Um, If you're enjoying all the fantasy content that we're putting out, make sure you hit subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got heaps coming out. Hit that notification bell so you're alerted to when we've got any more videos coming out. So much more fantasy content coming this way, guys. I will see you next time. Laters.